Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week, we're going to talk about an old tradition that may be new again. Ooh la la. It's French. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> it's French. But where did the phrase spoiler alert come from? I'll be telling you about that in some other words. Oh yeah. I love that segue. Yeah. And we'll be talking about why I, a vegetarian, actually am feeling KFC this Ooh. week. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So this week I'm going to talk about a little bit of tradition. Can we, can we just get traditional? I thought you'd never ask. I'm just saying. Why not? I've been itching. Cue the fiddler on the roof. <laughs> tradition. Tradition. So I'm going to talk about one tradition that's been around for quite a while mm-hmm. and that we probably don't hear a lot about. And that is debutante balls. Oh. Huh. I do not hear about that. Not a lot, right? (laughs) Well, recently, the topic of debutante balls came up in the popular culture cycle because Ava Philippi, the daughter of Ryan Philippi and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, this is the one that is the exact clone of Reese Witherspoon. Exact clone. She was recently invited to come to the Paris La Balle des Debutantes. Why that was a Spanish accent? I was going to say, it's it's like a Franco-Spanish ball. Exactly. It was like a hybrid. You know, it's California French. Can we call it that? Yes. Yes. We are the world. It's about as French as a French manicure. Exactly. (laughs) So she has been invited to attend this exclusive ball. And let me let you know how exclusive it is. Only 20 women will be featured. So that's how, like, Ooh. it's literally very small. So they're kind of old school. I mean, in the U.S., we call them cotillions. I've heard of cotillions. I don't know if you guys have heard them, of them at all, but in the U.S., we call them the cotillions. I thought that was like a deep south thing. Well, listen, okay, so I could take you on an adventure, Ooh, honey. Take me. <laughs> take a, my hands and leave me there. It is sort of like a deep south thing, or it's like associated with the deep south. However, it's like an east coast thing. So I know about cotillions and I know about debutante balls because it was like super traditional for black Americans in like the 20th century who were sort of like wealthy and well-to-do. They like paired off because there weren't very many wealthy and well-to-do black families. Uh So they were like, let me go ahead and get you in this debutante ball so that your family can marry my family and we can keep this money in the family. Hmm. So it's sort of like an East Coast, Southern thing. I don't hear about it much in California. However, I was recently invited to one. (gasps) Are you going? How exciting. Uh, No. Can you go interview people? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I may, I may consider, I was planning to go, but my, my schedule was a little booked, so we, like, kind of backed out of it. But I really, the more I've researched about it, I really, really want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Take binoculars. Absolutely should. Find out every detail. Uh, no, and let us know. Forget the binoculars. Just take me. Take oh, me with exactly. you. <laughs> we could do, like, a man on the street thing like you did with, um... The American Idol. Exactly. Exactly the same type of thing. So let me give you a little overview of debutante balls. So basically, debutante or deb comes from the French debutante, meaning female beginner. So it's a girl or a woman from an aristocratic family. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Not everybody, not just any old person. So wait, it doesn't come from Deborah. <laughs> My mom is Deborah. Maybe, maybe it's her thing. Shout out, Deborah. Hello. So they come from aristocratic or upper class family and they've reached the age of maturity. And this is how they debut themselves into polite society. Oh, they, they are ready for breeding. They are ready. None of us, it's safe to say, debuted ourselves into society, <laughs> polite or otherwise, well, in this fashion. Say, right? Was it? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember what my debut was. Perhaps it was my MySpace page? Was that- I was just going to say mine was livejournal.com, <laughs> where I debuted terrible poetry and also some pictures. I think my, my grand debut involved lots of Tia Maria and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's how we do it in Yorkshire. I was going to say. <laughs> so proceeds typically go to charity. I mean, oh, 
Do yes. they though? Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm saying sources not verified. <laughs> but, yeah, TBD. Um, exactly. And originally they were used to debut women of marrying age. So basically it was like the millionaire matchmaker for the 20th and 19th century. Pretty right. much. So Patty Stinger was like there like, now introducing. <laughs> <laughs> the last debutantes were presented at court. Oh. In the United Kingdom in 1958, after which Queen Elizabeth II discontinued the ceremony. And it's reported that Prince Philip thought the whole ceremony was, quote, bloody daft. <laughs> daft indeed. Daft. Sounds like something that Phil would say. <laughs> and so they're saying something racist in exactly. between, probably. <laughs> bloody daft. Allegedly. Dementia. Actually, not, actually not, not allegedly. It's all on the record. Just Google it. Prince Philip racist. Just Google it. So they shut it down. So ne'er debutante has been trotted through Buckingham Palace since that happened. I love that I have multiple accents during this second. Yeah. Me too. It's giving me life. You're taking me all around the world. And I, I, I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not the only one who thinks that this is a thing of the past. Yeah. I'm just like Queen Elizabeth II. It is bloody daft and I will be the only debutante henceforth. I like daft with the long A. Like daft. 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 So a recent article in The Guardian talked about like wealth disparities between black and white families. And according to the study conducted by Prosperity Now and the Institute for Policy Studies, the medium wealth for black families is projected to fall to zero by 2053. Right? Right? And Latino Americans are projected to hit zero approximately two decades later. And so people who've studied this have credited all of this to sort of like discriminatory housing practices, mass incarceration, and sort of, quote unquote, upside down tax systems. So wealthier households get wealthier while everybody else kind of... uh, In addition, according to the Washington Post, the Fed found that one in seven white American families are now worth one million, which is double the number of white millionaires just 25 years ago. Wow. Comparatively, there's barely been any growth in the number of like black millionaires for the past 25 years right now. There is one in 50 black families that have at least a million dollars. Lastly, one more source. You, your girl has been reading. You got the receipt. <laughs> OK. According to The New York Times, the middle class has sort of like contracted over the last two decades, which wouldn't be like a bad thing if more people were sort of like moving into the upper echelons. But what's happening is it's contracting and more people are moving into poorer brackets and fewer moving into wealthier brackets. So it's just sort of shrinking. So essentially, the middle class is getting smaller. Mm -hmm. Also, there are studies that are projecting that the United States is going to be mostly minority. So I'm Mm. wondering if the middle class goes away, are we going to need these debutante balls again? Hmm. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) I think we all know the answer. <laughs> because I think that, like, the idea that you marry for love, I'm not going to say that it's like an American tradition, but I feel like that ideal is supported by the idea that we have an American middle class. So it's like, I can go out and I can take care of myself and I don't need to marry up. But if you look at other countries that don't have a substantial middle class, people still have arranged marriages. So Yeah, and it's not like a weird thing. It's just that's the way it's, it is. It's the thing. It's the way it is. It's just, it's just how like... it operates. My own parents. I mean, that was a little while ago, but <laughs> a little while ago. <laughs> but yeah, this stuff still happens. Oh, so on behalf again of all British people, oh, here we go. Can I just apologise <laughs> for, for <the> everything? <laughs> Number one for everything. Number two specifically for the export of the debutante ball. Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about this on a past episode. It was like a summer recap called Ryan Lochte and Other White Dudes are Teflon. <laughs> comma, get away with everything. I do the most with the title sometimes. I'm just saying. And you did a wonderful featured image, I remember, that featured uh, Ryan Lochte's gold grill. Yes. In a pan that's Teflon. I'm and just saying. A nonstick. Gia. That's true. Yep. Gia. Oh, my God. Not the Gia. <laughs> 
So on that episode, I talked about sort of like fashion traditions that seem pretty innocent, right? Like not wearing white after Labor Day. Right. However, that was put into place by wealthy post-Civil War wives with too much time on their hands Mm -hmm. so that they can create and insulate themselves in a polite society. Every time you wear white, you think about that. You think about that. You think about the centuries of aristocratic influenced racism in this country. I'm just saying. Hear that, Ryan Phillippe's daughter. (laughs) I I don't think she will. (laughs) She won't. She doesn't listen to this show yet until we have her on as a guest. Out here changing hearts and minds. Well, you're going to meet her at the debutante thing you're going to. Yeah, of course, of course. I have an exclusive invitation. Sure. When they remake Cruel Intentions, (gasps) as they will, she's going to be in it. Speak it and it will be made. From my lips to, I was about to say, name of a movie mogul whose name I will not use. We don't use that name anymore. From my lips to a movie studio's ears. Hmm. There you go. But let's choose the right movie studio, let's, guys. Let's do that. In 2017. Yes. Pixar. Pixar. Fine. A new film, Cruel Intentions, by the team that brought you A Bug's Life. Hello. <laughs> and Cars 2. <laughs> So another fun fact about debutante balls in the United Kingdom is that women who were not formally introduced previously, who are above the age of 17, 18. Ew, so old. Can actually (laughs) be introduced into polite society. So given that this sort of like there's this stipulation, we don't have to be 17 or 18. Would you participate if asked? Well, (laughs) as the only one here who's not married... (laughs) I'm ready. Couture gowns. I mean, listen, I'm in it for the fashion. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The couture I live for. You know I love a cape. You, uh, so listen. I, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. do a little twirl. I'm ready. Introducing Lord Emmanuel Love. <laughs> There's also one little thing I forgot to mention. When you introduce yourself, you're going to need to curtsy unless you're from Texas because oh. debutantes from Texas are allowed to do the Texas dip. They just punch you. Yeah, just What does that look like? Uh, listen, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm imagining that it's sort of like, don't stop. <laughs> Dude, Texas dip sounds like a sandwich. Come on. <laughs> so after you introduce yourself, you can just do a little dip. And then you scream out, Houston Rockets. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Because that's what people from Texas do. Thanks, Beyonce. That's the only person I know from Texas. So that's That's called research. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) In closing, since none of us are likely to be invited to a fancy debutante ball. Speak for yourself. Well, you know, I am. (laughs) You're like I am. (laughs) For the rest of y'all, the invitations are very exclusive. Probably are not going to go, but you can do the next best thing. That is watching TV shows and movies that detail debutante balls. Yes. Yes. Living through their movies. Exactly. So a few episodes. TV shows. The OC. They had an episode called The Debut, which details the debutante balls. You can take a look there. Season six, episode five of Gossip Girl. They had an episode called Monstrous Ball, which also details the debutante ball. This one here is specifically for Emmanuel. Gilmore Girls. An episode of Gilmore Girls (laughs) called Presenting Lorelai features a debutante ball in New York City. New York City? New York City. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember that salsa commercial, but that was my heart. (laughs) I don't. Okay. (laughs) Uh, An episode of Law & Order SVU. Uh-oh. Entitled Streetwise. What happened at the ball. However, oh, I think we know what happened at the I should warn ball. you that that one is probably a little gruesome. If it's Law and Order SVU, it's probably not going to be a happy ending. No. No, no. And if you want to do films, if you have a little more time on your hands, What a Girl Wants featuring Amanda Bynes. It's just a debutante ball. Deep mm. cut. Deep cut. I love Amanda Bynes. Yeah. Happy day. And uh, something new starring Sinai Lathan when she dates the white boy, that whole little, <gasps> you know. Yeah. No. 
interracial love story. That whole movie was about her being sort of like really traditional and then dating this guy who her parents were like, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. (laughs) And lastly, the debut, which I've never seen, but apparently critics have hailed it as sort of like a really, quote unquote, accurate snapshot of contemporary Filipino life. So take what you will from that. Yeah, right. I will. Marathon. Marathon. At your house. Listen, let's Let's dress up. In couture. Yes. And introduce ourselves, do our curtsy slash Texas dips, and then watch the films. Mm Mm-hmm. See that, but don't really come round Jimmy just <laughs> <laughs> Don't Because her residential address is not published. And I have a bat, so I have a metal bat. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant like... <laughs> oh, no, no. I have... I, I don't... Look, you just, have hot sauce in your bag, is what you're saying. Just don't show up Ladies, gentlemen, I'd love to introduce you to one of my new fascinations. You know I have an obsessive personality. You do. <laughs> Every week, something else. Find something, glom onto it, ride it hard, and then just forget about it five minutes ride later. Ride it hard. Okay, yeah. Just like Harrison Ford, I'm going to ride that hard. I'm, yep. And then I'm done with him. <laughs> <laughs> one and done. Like Carrie Fisher. But my new fascination is the time traveler feature on Merriam-Webster's dictionary site. Oh, wow. wow. There's like a little porthole that you can go in and just like... Why are you not so excited? I'm just, I just want to know how you stumbled upon this. Is this, do you, can you get email updates from them? Uh, or like, well, and they were like... <laughs> Next week, Carla's going to come in and be like, so my new obsession is something called the thesaurus. <laughs> it is so fun. I would prefer if you didn't telegraph my podcast ideas <laughs> a full week in advance. But anyway, this new feature on Merriam-Webster's site, it shows you what year a word came into usage. Oh, So you can basically time travel back through the English language. Mm-hmm. Bodylicious, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> well, Who needs Merriam-Webster <laughs> when Jameter's here? Just going to cross off Bodylicious, 2000. You're like Bugaboo, 2001. Scrub, 1999. Glad that none of them were my examples. (laughs) So you can use the feature in two ways. You can either just like look up a word you want to look up, like boobs, and then see when that was first used. Or you can scroll back through time and see what words were added to Merriam-Webster's dictionary in that year. And that, for word nerds, is super fascinating. How far down this rabbit hole and how long were you there? I mean, you Because I know you... Basically, I felt, I felt like a midwife. I was watching words being born right in front of me as I scrolled. It was so exciting. And it's like, it's funny seeing silly words coming up. It's super sad seeing words that are depressing coming up. Like, it's kind of heartbreaking seeing, like, in 1986, like, HIV and several variants on the phrase HIV wow. are suddenly added to the list. And, like, Taliban pops up in 1992 and you're like, oh, yeah, those guys yeah, kind of happen. Anthrax. And you're like, yeah. oh. But, you know, there's, there's other kind of, like, funny cultural footnotes like uh, French pedicure and French tips pop up in 84 and 85 and, and was it? And, hold on. What are the, what's the country of origin? If it's the United States, I'm going to be mad. This is United States. <laughs> <laughs> Sally. <laughs> it really did take a lot of restraint not to just look up my favorite rude words, mm-hmm. as we all used to do as a kid. But I wanted to kind of look up about basically our pop culture vernacular, you Ooh. guys. Yes. The vocabulary that we use. As exciting as it is to know when, like, the phrase mad cow disease came into usage. Let's put that to one side mm-hmm. and let's look at some fun words. Yes. <laughs> Oprah was involved with mad cow disease. 
Wow. Why? Wow. Well, she had a segment on her show in which she talked about the dangers of beef, and then she got promptly sued by the cattle industry, and it was like a long, drawn-out battle. I did not for know years that. And years and years. She yeah. had to relocate her show to Texas to deal with yeah. the court proceedings. What? And then she won. Yeah, because she, she's Oprah. It's like, <laughs> have you guys been listening to Making Oprah? We have. Yes. <laughs> Both of us had. <laughs> Guys, it's a great podcast. podcast. It's the second best podcast I've ever listened to. Number one being (laughs) this one, but also Mystery Show and Serial. I like those two. Listen, cross promotion only works if they promote us at the same time. Oh, yeah. So scrap that. (laughs) Scrap that. Don't go and listen to those other shows. So I'm going to fire some words at you, and then you can tell me when you think the first recorded usage, according to Merriam Webster, Mm -hmm. came about. Number one, meme. (gasps) <gasps> oh, meme. Oh, uh, 2015. I'm going to say it's earlier. I'll go with 2000. You guys, it's 1976. Ah! Wait a minute, what? So meme was used to describe, and I quote, an idea, behavior, style, or usage that spreads from one person to another in a culture. Very cool. Hmm. Yeah, and now it means... And I quote, an amusing or interesting picture, video, etc., that is spread widely through the internet. Usually a cat. It was a hijack. Yeah. Never let anyone tell you that we're slowly getting stupider. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, another phrase. Spoiler alert. Oh. Mm. I'm going to say that I was a fan of Cisco and Ebert. Yeah, that's what came to mind as well. Right? Oh. And Cisco and Ebert was on during the 80s and the 90s. So I'm going to go with early 80s, maybe 85. I'm going to go with 1992. Oh, you are closer, Emmanuel. It's 1994. But listen, I was skeptical about that. Webster says 94, and that's because the Washington Post wrote an article in 94 about the new types of language that were being born on the internet, Mm. which was just emerging around that time. And this article referred to the net's still sparse cultural possibilities, (laughs) which is a phrase (laughs) that makes me really happy and really sad at the same time. Yeah. Really sad. Oh, the possibilities. If only they knew what we know now. Yeah. So I dug a little bit deeper and um, the all the website has this fantastic investigation of the phrase spoiler alert. And it turns out people have been using it much, much earlier. First recorded usage, according to this article, is at 1982 when nerds were talking about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> See? Quite rightly. Listen. <laughs> and prefixing their discussions of the amazing movie with the words spoiler alert. I know that Siskel and Ebert have used the word spoiler alert before the Washington Post, but the Washington Post gets credit for it. Mm -mm -mm. Well, you know what they say about nerds? They get their revenge. They do. And so, (laughs) movie about it. Merriam Webster, watch your back. Watch your back. Because you stole their invention. Number three, woke. (gasps) Oh, girl, I'm going to go with 2004. I feel like it's a trick question. Might be right. Hmm, 1997. Well, this is where it gets contentious, right? Because Merriam's says it's 2008. Oh. But I didn't believe that. And it describes mm. it as, you know, aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. Where's the receipt? What's the receipt? The, Where's... the receipt is back in the 60s, my friend. <gasps> so Damn. Some in... Trekkie <laughs> was like, hey, guys, stay woke <laughs> out there in the universe. Listen. In 1962, the black novelist William Melvin Kelly wrote this article in the New York Times entitled, If You're Woke, You Dig It. And this article mm-hmm. was all about how white beatniks were appropriating black slang. Back in 1962. <gasps> and it wasn't near a Kylie or a Kendall nope, or nope, a Cam nope. in sight. I'm just <laughs> saying. No. So just as Webster says its first recorded usage was in 2008, 
I'm not quite sure the evidence stacks up there. Next on the list, bucket list. Mm. Oh, also, side note, don't you feel like everyone just suddenly started using that phrase? Because mm, well, we, we all feel the, the, the breath of death on the back yeah. of our <laughs> The end is near and nigh. Time's winged chariot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was probably used in literature in the early 1900s. Ooh. So, like... Liste de bouquet. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with like maybe 1918. Cool. I'm going to say 1939 when the world was popping off (laughs) and people (laughs) were probably like, (laughs) let's just do a bunch of stuff before we die. Interesting. So you guys went way back. Yeah. If you say it was last week, I'm going to be mad. (laughs) Again, citations vary. And this is contentious. So Webster says its first known usage is 2008. However, that is bull. Well, it is bull because there was a 2007 movie called The Bucket called List. Called The Bucket List. Yes. Which I think popularized it. And then there's evidence that that dude wrote the movie in 2006. However, pleasingly, no one seems to know where the phrase kick the bucket came from either. Ooh. People are disagreeing about that. Like, it was definitely been around since the 18th century, but people don't know whether it, it means like the bucket you would kick as you were being hanged. Oh. Like they'd stand you on a bucket. Like, that's yeah, bleak. That's horrible. <laughs> uh, or whether it be, just means that you'd like kicked a bucket over as you died or something. Like Ooh, at the edge it? of your bed. Is that the way it goes? It's like, like a bucket just, of holy water? Like this is it. Yeah. <laughs> and you kick it over. To <laughs> and what's in the bucket? Exactly. Ho- what, holy water according to some people. Oh. No one Maybe it's milk this. because then you spill milk and then you don't cry over spilled milk. Boom. But you also don't cry when you're dead. That's Boom. True. Yeah. But maybe it's like uh, it's a message to your relatives. Like, I just kicked the bucket. The milk is spilled. Don't cry <laughs> over the spilled milk. Don't, don't cry, cry for, for me, me, Argentina. Exactly. Or well, Colombia. Talking of boom, I just want to shout out one of our greatest slept on American stand up comedians, a guy called Barack Obama. <laughs> My heart just like yeah, soars when you mention him. I he miss him had a lot. a lot of fun with this phrase at one of those White House correspondence dinners. Uh, this was the one back in 2015. Is this Is the, the one, one that made us the, uh, have a new president? Yeah, yeah sorry about that. Yeah. And he quipped After the midterm elections, my advisors asked me, Mr. President, do you have a bucket list? And I said, Well, I have something that rhymes with bucket list. You know what? You know what? (laughs) I want to watch the movie called the You Know What The Barack Obama list, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we'll get into some lightning rounds now. Selfie, first known usage. You should know this. And... Ten. I can't believe I went to the trouble of doing a whole segment on selfies for this podcast. Look it up. I'm going to say... You did... Oh, did, man. Did, yeah. oh, 1976. Because Anastasia took a selfie. Exactly. She and she yeah. died in 1917 or 19. So we're talking about the word and people calling it because we word. have the evidence word. that there are selfies back in the day. Yep. But people weren't calling them selfies. Yep. Right. So I'm going to go with 2015. 72. Again. 2002. Do you remember? It was the whole Australian thing. That, because it, it first appeared in an Australian news article and Australians love to put E on the end of words. Right. <laughs> I think that Australia invented it. It's just a selfie. We've done a lot of episodes of this show. I don't remember anything. <laughs> if you listened to that episode and you got that, tweet us. I want to know if there were any was anybody who listened and they were like, I know. Yeah, definitely tweet us because you should be sitting in one of our chairs because <laughs> yeah. you're more well suited for this job yeah, than if, we are. If you remember it, you can come for dinner at my house. <laughs> there you Not go. Not a real offer. Uh, the word <laughs> photobomb. Ooh. Yeah. 2008. Yes. 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 Sorry, Jameda, I'm not even going to let you guess. Well, I'm just saying, I can't get it right out of I feel like 2007 and 2008, like everything pretty much happened. That was the cultural Everything episode. good. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Boom. That was, you know what? I think we just want to have good memories in that during that time. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> mm. First world problem. 
Oh, yeah. 1997. So you say. Do you hmm. First world problem. I'm going to go with 1994. Guys, it's 1979. <gasps> and this Ooh. is before Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan came out. So we've been insufferable since the 70s. Yes. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Folks were using that phrase in 79. You know what? You're right. Because first world implies that there is a third world. Very true. Which is not mm. something that people say anymore. We don't use that yeah. phrase. I remember being a kid enough. and being like, is that in outer space? Like, how does that? Mm-hmm. Is world that one, whole... world two, world three. <laughs> and what's the second oh, world? Okay. I know. <laughs> Just skip that. Is that when you dream? <laughs> uh, how about the word sexting? Mm. Ooh, fun to say, fun to do. 2011. <gasps> 2001. 2005. Oh. Fairly recent. People should have been on that earlier because Windows 95, AOL yeah. free trial. Clippy. You had opportunities. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, this one is fantastic. Smartphone. Mm. Oh, okay. So the iPhone dropped. The first iPhone dropped <laughs> in like, what, 2000? It wasn't, too, it wasn't that early, right? The first iPhone dropped. I'm going to go with 2002. Mm. 2001. 1996, guys. What? We don't know anything. Defined oh, you as... know what? I did have a Blackberry. There you go. I did well, have back a Blackberry. Back in 96? Wow. And, oh, fancy pants. Remember sidekicks and stuff and like that? Remember so razors? Like, yeah, the okay. Palm Pilot? All right. So they were favorites. smart, mm. quote unquote, smartphones. Yeah. A cell phone that includes additional functions as email or an internet browser. Or games. Uh, what was or your first games. cell phone? Do Snake. you remember? I had the Nokia, the ones that looks like the remote control and you could change the oh, face Oh, I had plates. that too. Oh, wow. Yes. We had the same one. Okay. I had the Nokia 3310, aka the brick. That mm. that was the one. Could you change the faceplate, or was you like, were you like pre faceplate? Oh, you know, I think I did. And you could change the colors out. Yeah. And... Mine was emerald green. In yeah. case oh, you're wondering, I had electric blue. There you go. Face palm. Mm. Oh, face palm is 2014. 2016. 96. What? Everything happened in the. But 96 are you noticing area. that all around that? What else came up around 96? The internet. And Titanic was in production. That's very true. <laughs> All right, exactly. So then the internet sort of facilitated the spreading of this language, basically. Pretty much. I actually want to close this segment out by giving you a very, very quick tour through the phrase Netflix and chill. Ooh. Because it is fascinating, courtesy of a highly comprehensive investigation by Splinter News Online. Thanks, Shout Splinter. out to those guys for doing God's work. I love mine. it. I love that somebody was like, you know what, I have an investigative. But seriously, they went back. Feature. They went and got the receipts from old Twitter. The first recorded use of the phrase on Twitter was in 2009. And for like many years, people were just using it with zero subversive or like even sexual meaning, like nothing like that. People were just saying on Twitter, I can't wait to go home, watch Netflix and chill. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is literally it. It just meant watching and relaxing some and TV. And actually chilling. Yeah, yeah. And then it became a verb around 2012 on black Twitter. And it seems with that jump in popularity... Folks, mainly young guys, started making invitations to people to come over and enjoy some Netflix Mm -hmm. and chill. And then we get this wave of tweets about women saying, if a guy asks you to come over from Netflix and chill, he actually means something else. Yeah, Mm -hmm. talking about just watching Netflix, girl. So young women pick up on it. White people find out about it. And then it's over. (laughs) And then suddenly (laughs) in 2015, you have a fully blown meme that is everywhere. And meme comes from the 70s. There you go. Yeah. We learned so much. I'm so, so much. Glad. So like some takeaways. So many of the words that we use to talk about pop culture are really new because we need new words to describe new things. Mm-hmm. And like we can't have language with things like we don't know about. I can't be using my mama's language to describe new things. You can't. No. You can't nope. do that. She doesn't want you to. Exactly. 
Also, words have power and very complex histories. And it's really nice when experts disagree about when a word came up because you can actually go and investigate for yourself. Using this cool feature or listening Time to traveler. this very segment. So does 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 Webster's have a dispute feature or like a comments <laughs> yeah. feature where I can find my claims? Not. Okay. But people can tweet them. <laughs> I will be tweeting them. And I would like to say I'm very down still to do that segment on rude words <laughs> and how they came about. Listen, we can make it a weekly feature for all I care. I want to know more. I'm in. Same. <laughs> It's the peak in the pick. Hey, the peak in the pick. Hey. It's time for our peak in the pit. Hey, hey, hey. This week's pit. I have several. Oh, wow. It's been that kind of week? It's been a week. You know, I'm just annoyed. Well, let me get a shovel. (laughs) Let me just go get my shovel and then we can, I can. You can dig it and we can push people in. First person we're pushing in, his name is Phil. What's Phil ever done? Doctor? Not doctor, although (laughs) next week we'll talk about him. Prince Phil? Phil is from Germany. Phil loves Spotify, specifically my Spotify. Oh, this got personal. He hacked it, listened to a bunch of German metal, and now my Discover Weekly playlists are all German metal, and I can't get recommendations anymore. Phil! Would it be rude of me to say your Discover Weekly is now kaput? It would not be rude. It's accurate, (laughs) and also I will say it is first world problems, which we now know comes from then. Yes. Another pit to this woman who was on the sidewalk oh, with me. these are all personal pits this week. Yeah. I said, I'm annoyed. Wow, this is just your soapbox. I was meeting a friend. I didn't think she was there yet. But then from behind like a bush because the table was like hidden, my friend's like, oh, hey, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. So I turn around and I start walking towards her and I didn't really look around me. So I walk right in front of this other woman who's standing on the sidewalk. And she looks at me and says, the next time you come at my face... I will set your body on fire. Oh, wow. That escalated quickly. It, it I was did. That got out of hand. And I said, dial it down just a bit. And then that set her off more. Like kind of when you say it's for someone to calm down. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't work out. Yeah. But someone saying they were going to set my body on fire. That's a little, that's a bit like um, Security, handle my lightweight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I will say. If someone slights you on the sidewalk, you know, sometimes you should mention it, but don't threaten to set them on fire. Yeah. Just as a general rule. Just don't do it. It's a pretty black and white rule. Mm-hmm. It's cut and dry. Particularly when the Bay Area has been dealing with a lot of fire lately. Right? Why would you even, why would that even come to mind? Check your tone, lady. Ugh. Her, not you, Jimena. <laughs> <laughs> and a final pit to whichever government agency is trying to charge $70 to get into Grand Canyon and other national parks. Oh. oh. You can't take away Mother Nature from us. Listen. You're taking away health care. You're taking away civil rights. But you will not take away my Instagram opportunities. This is when I get indignant. Like, <laughs> I pay my taxes. Right? Okay. Let the people see the rocks. <laughs> it's not that much to ask. <laughs> and moving on to our peak of the week. Mm. There's two of them. They both come via Twitter. Twitter. The first one is to Dionne Warwick, who has a Twitter account. Hello. Hi, Dionne Warwick. Can she see the future on her, via Twitter? Because you know that was her, her deal in the 90s. <laughs> I didn't know that. She, yes. she became a part-time soothsayer. Mm-hmm. Well, she took a break from that to tweet the following. This is in quotations. Do you know the way to San Jose? End quote. First of all, just Google it. You better come home. Wh- hang on. Whoa. So Dion knows about the first of all meme. <laughs> 
Yes. She does. Oh, oh, I just got chills. So, you know, even if you feel old, mm-hmm. spirit is young. It is. You can know the memes, you can tweet, and you can be hilarious doing both. Oh, that is delightful. Love her. The next one, I never thought I would say these words because I don't eat meat. <laughs> but this goes out to KFC. What? Specifically the intern who runs their Twitter account. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I was going to say, is it the Crispy Colonel commercial? Because No, it that. isn't. So KFC only follows 11 people. Those 11 people are the Five Spice Girls and six guys named Herb. Wait, so <laughs> you could spices say... Spices and herbs. I love it. herbs and spices. That's just good content. You better come on. Well, it has to be good in order to convert the Morrissey of KQED. That is you. The yeah. non-meat eating, not the well, increase, right. increasing problematic. Not the super meat. problematic. <laughs> <laughs> not increasing anti-immigration stuff. Woo. And now to our song of the week. I think I've selected this person for a song of the week maybe a year or two ago. But it bears repeating. Her name is Banks. Yes, you know oh, her? I remember. She's I know like her you know her. experimental pop and she like does a lot of growling and like kind of sinister music. Mm. And she has a new song. She had an album last year called The Altar in 2016, and it made that year a little bit more bearable for me. Mm. And then I was like, oh, well, I have to wait like another two or three years or something for her to put something else out. But not so. she's like, no, I'm young. I can do whatever I want. Hello. And so she put out a new song. It is called Underdog. And part of the chorus is her going, Rah. and it helps clear your throat in the morning mm. or in the <laughs> afternoon. So this is what you do in the shower in the morning before you come to work? You just, <laughs> just <laughs> okay. You just like get it all out. Also like, Express yourself. Mm. And when you show up, take up the space yeah. after your power pose. Growl if you need to. Banks will help you. Okay. Nice. So, Banks. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Thanks a lot. Ooh. <laughs> I'll see myself out. We'll see ourselves out. And you guys listen to this while we exit. Yeah. Stage left. Stage left. To our podcast papa david marcus another shout out to carolyn pennypacker riggs for our theme song and those new bits of music between segments that you hum along to they're really good aren't they they're so good and do you want to make our hearts grow literally five times larger then go and rate us five stars on itunes it really helps us it really does yes. until next week find us on social media i'm excuse my booty with the e on instagram without the e on twitter Oh, so difficult. I'm at Teacup in the Bay on Twitter and Instagram. So consistent. Mm. And you can find me at Jamitra Says on Twitter and Instagram. Send us cute emojis. Retweet. Use hashtag TheCoolerPodcast. Accidentally hit the like button on something we posted years ago and then feel weird about it. Yay, Yay. 49 weeks deep. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.